with us as we move into this last message in the gratitude series we're going to end the service today by worshiping and presenting our tithe and offering unto the Lord so with that in mind I'm going to invite you to join me in 2nd Corinthians chapter number 9 we're in the last message in the series entitled gratitude in everything give thanks if I was to ask this morning how is your life? Some of you millennials would look on your cell phone to see how much battery life you have left. <laughs> if it was a baby boomer, you'd tell me about all the goals and accomplishments you've made. But let me just go with it. If, it's, if, if, if there was an app that we could see kind of like the battery charge on your phone and check your life, would your life be dead? Would you be drained? Would you be low energy or would you be fully charged? Where would you be? Huh. Huh. I, I want to introduce a word to us today that, that will help us keep our lives charged in every aspect of our life. Work, home, career, personal life. It's the word generosity. Now the antithesis of generosity is ingratitude. Generosity, the other spectrum in gratitude. In other words, the way to get to generosity, you have to have gratitude. You have to be thankful. I was looking for a definition of gratitude, and I, I think I came out with the best one I could find. And this is from John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist Church. He said this, it's, it's do all you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, to all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. I like that. <laughs> that's, that's generosity. Generosity is not if only or if I get. Generosity is, is, is a life of gratitude. Now, you can have acts of gratitude, but when it becomes a life of gratitude, it's generosity. And let me tell you five kind of people that cannot be generous. These are people who, who are not generous. You have a coworker like this or you have a brother-in-law like this? Well, one is, a, is the taker. I'll call them the taker. You know who they are. They're the demanding and impatient. They, they always think you ought to do more for them, but they never think of anyone else. They're the takers in life. They're the energy takers in the room, not the energy givers. The takers, they're not generous. They're, they're always wanting more, always needing more. It's always about them. Then there's the, the whiners in life. They, they can't be generous. And you ever notice the whiners? They talk in that nasally tone. And how come, you know, nobody, how come nobody got me a donut? And how come nobody opened the door for me? And how come, you know, and how come I never worked out for me? How come I wasn't picked? And how come I was you, you, Don't you wish you could go down and get nasal spray and just heal them of that? Something, <laughs> if there was some, <laughs> some uh, yeah, yeah, the, the whiners. And have you ever noticed the whiners? They have a wine cellar full of complaints. Yeah. They, they, they complain about airports. They, they, they don't like the country, but they don't like the city. The summer's too hot and the winter's too cold, but the in-between has too much dust and you have to rake leaves. I mean, it's everything, every, everything. They whine about everything. They can't be generous. There's the third category. I call these grenade launchers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, you, you know exactly what I'm... These are the road rage people. 
Okay? Now, don't come into this auditorium and clap your hands, raise your hands, and say, Lord, I just love you for your peace, and then go out on, uh, on 151 and shake your fist at everybody else. <laughs> the, road, the road rage people. They, they, they just... They can lob a comment, a thought. They, they can just disrupt a moment just with one word, one comment, one statement. These are the, there's somebody at work who is, who's a grenade launcher. They're the fussers and the cussers. You know who they are, don't you, huh? Yeah, grenade launcher. Then there's the, what, what I call the, the victimites. The victimites. Poor, poor me. Why, why should I do for somebody? No one did that for me. No, 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 no one opened the door for me. No one gave me a chance. No one went out of the way. How come you did it for them? You didn't do it for me. It's a, the, they're a victim. They're a sinkhole. You know, it, the, they're always in a, this pity syndrome of life. And then number five, the last person, that, the, at least that, that I've seen, that cannot be generous, they're the calloused. The Bible calls them the hard-hearted. These are the people that somebody's done something to them. Somebody took advantage of them, or at least they thought they did. And, and through the course of life, they put up their firewall. They stiff-arm people. They, they're not going to let anybody know. They're not going to open the door to anybody in their life. They're, they distrust. They're cynical. They're, they're the callous people of life. These people cannot be generous. And if you ever find yourself in that category, you need to say, God, heal me of that. Because that, that's destructive in our lives. But the Bible talks to us about generosity, having a generous life, which is the ultimate expression of thanksgiving. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 6 and following. And I want to share with you today briefly four principles, and then we're going to give a offering of thanksgiving unto the Lord today in the tithe and the offering. Four principles on generosity. The first one is found in verse number six, and here is the principle. God rewards generosity. God rewards generosity. Look at Scripture. It says, remember this. Now, Scripture is, is the Holy Spirit saying, remember this. He's saying, underline this in your mind. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So God is saying he is going to reward generosity. And God is saying that the person that sows, that their life is sparingly, just occasionally and only when they want to and they feel like it and ever so often, they're the ones that experience the same thing in life. It's God's principles. He said, with the what same judgment you give, you will be judged. What you give out comes back to you. Cast your bread on the water, it'll come back. This principle is all throughout Scripture, and it is this, God rewards generosity. And God is saying when it comes to him and it comes to life, he said if we're stingy and we're about ourselves and we're hard-hearted and we're calloused and we're whining and complaining and we see it just about us and we close our life off and we say, I don't have to, they don't deserve it. God says when you give out sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you give generously, 
God says, I'll give generously. I've seen people in the church and they say, Pastor, I don't understand. Why does God bless that family? And why does God bless that business? And why does God bless their career? And God does not bless. I never get anything. I'll explain it to you. It's found in verse number six. Those that sow sparingly, they reap sparingly. But those who give out bountifully, God says, I'm going to give back. I can trust them in a bountiful fashion. Yes, God's teaching this in his word. Now, he, he's not saying how much you give. The, the, this is the misunderstanding of generosity. Some of us think, I've got to be rich. I've got to have a lot. And I've I got to have a, a big inheritance to ever be generous. Generosity is never in the size of the gift. It's in the size of the sacrifice. Jesus taught us this. And the, 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 the widow that came and gave just a mite, the smallest offering you could give. She gave the smallest offering in the temple. And here came the publicans and the wealthy people and they gave an offering. They gave more than the widow. And Jesus said, she gave more, not in amount, in sacrifice. Her sacrifice was greater than their sacrifice. Jesus said, she's generous and these Others did it just to be seen. You see, it's never in the size. And the scripture says, whoever, it doesn't say how much they give, whoever gives generously. And generosity is not in the amount I give, it's the sacrifice by which I give. And God says, I know whether it's a sacrifice or not. And God says, I will reward generosity. Scripture teaches us this, the heart that gives is the heart that gathers. I'm going to tell you, God has paydays. God has paydays. People that don't understand the principle of generosity don't receive God's paydays. God has paydays in life. What am I talking about? For example, I'll use my father-in-law. He's in heaven right now. But my father-in-law, when my wife and I were dating and we're in the home church, every time our home church had a need, a new roof or putting carpet in the youth room or, or putting new cabinets in the church kitchen or whatever. And my I church, they would just kind of raise your hand. Who will give $50? Who, that, that was a little small church. That's the way they did it back then. My father-in-law's hand would be the first one to go up. I always noticed that. The first one. He, he tithed, but he would be the first one to give. And then I noticed something else my father-in-law did. As long as I can remember. In Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we had a revival, had a special special. No, it doesn't matter. Every time the offering went by, my father-in-law gave in to it. And I asked him one time, and he said, I want it known every time I had a chance to give to God, I gave my father-in-law, as long as I knew him, gave in every offering the church ever took. Every time. Let me tell you the rest of the story. There was a time my mother-in-law got sick. She was in the hospital for an extended period of time. They didn't have medical insurance. Back then, my father-in-law told me, the doctor bill was over $200,000. That's 30-something, 35, 38 years ago. It was, it was an enormous bill. And, and I heard him say, I'm wiped out. Everything I've ever, it will have to sell everything to pay the medical bill for his wife, my mother-in-law. And then I remember this and the whole family was stunned. 
uh, while in the hospital, a lady walks into the hospital room my father-in-law had never met. She sat down on the edge of the bed, and she said this to him, Sir, we don't do this. And I can't explain to you why we're doing this, but we don't do this. But I have been instructed by the administration of this hospital to tell you, your hospital bill has been forgiven. <laughs> forgiven. My father-in-law, stunned. My father-in-law, surely you know. He said, you don't understand. And I don't understand because we don't ever do this. But I have been instructed to tell you, somebody higher up. <laughs> somebody higher told me to tell you, your hospital bill is forgiven. Can I tell you, God has a way of rewarding those who are generous. And I just had to believe. I just, if, if you think I'm wrong, just let me keep believing this. Can I tell you, I believe God saw my father-in-law was generous. He was generous and he was generous. And God sat back and say, I got a payday that's going to catch you up and go beyond. You don't even realize what I'm about to do in your life. And the day came, God had one payday that paid him back above beyond what he could ask or think. Can I tell you, God rewards Jesus generosity God will do that God God if you will give generously God says you know what you're going to reap generously principle number two generosity flows from the heart generosity flows from our heart notice verse number seven the next verse he said each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give some of us make the decision based upon how much time, well, I can't give you my, based upon how we feel about, oh, I'm not really too much into that, based upon the checkbook, based upon our, well, we base it upon everything else. The scripture says, here's where generosity, each of you should give what you decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. There it is. Generosity comes from the heart. You can, you can be generous in giving forgiveness. You can be generous in giving understanding. You can be generous in giving people attention. There's somebody you work with that feels like they're a, on an island and no one cares for them. You thought they're stuck up. You thought they're not friendly. But they've pulled off to themselves, maybe hurt or wounded, and you can give them time. You can show the grace of kindness in their life. Be generous towards them. And generosity always flows from the heart. True giving, true giving, giving that gives away. Giving that truly gives away is not give and take. It's not you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. No, it's, it flows from the heart. And people who are generous understand three things about God. Understand three. First, they understand that God is the source. They can be generous because, you know what? I'm not really giving my stuff. God's the source. God, God will provide. God is the source. Number two, they understand God is the owner. Yeah, God is the owner. You know, everything I have, God, God owns it. And when you get that in your spirit, it frees you from from being attached, things owning you. Can, can, I, can I give you a word? D don't say that. I, ever so often I'll hear somebody say, my money bought that at the church. No, God's money bought that at the church. 
okay? I give my money to the church. No, you give God's money to the church. Do it with a generous heart. It flows from the heart. God is the source. God is the owner. And they understand, generous people, this. God deserves my best. God deserves the best. Never give God the leftovers and spare change. I, I, I never get to the end of the month. Well, God, after I, I have my coffee allowance and, and, and after, Lord, I, I, I have my Chick-fil-A allowance and after I have my enchilada allowance, I, after I've set out everything I'm going to do and I, I, I have some, some entertainment, God, you get the leftovers. No, God never gets the leftovers. Not after. The, that's why the Bible talks about the offering being the first fruits first god i give to you first when you when you get the first fruits gets flowing out of your heart generosity comes from the heart number three number three principle blessing is god flowing into our lives generosity is god flowing out of our lives God, when he blesses, it comes in, but it's generosity when it flows out. This is found in verse 8 and verse 11. I want you to see this, same chapter. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Oh, isn't that good? Yeah, he, he can bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all time, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. At all times, all things all you need, that's how God blesses. And he, the scripture describes, describes it, God blesses abundantly. Blessing is God coming into your life. You ever say, boy, God's blessed me. You're right. That's God coming into your life. Why does God come into your life in blessing? Verse number 11 answers that question. You will be enriched in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. Why does God bless you? You're enriched with God's blessing in every way, so you can be generous on every occasion. God says, the reason I come into your life is to bless you. And I bless you not to say, oh God, look how good I am. Look, it isn't nice what God, no. God says, I bless you for this one purpose. So you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God is saying, I'm going to bless you. But I'm blessing you so you can be generous. Do you know generosity identifies us as Christ followers and probably in a way nothing else does? Yeah. When, when you go to work and you help the coworker. When you give them 10 minutes of your lunch break to help them wrap up a project, when you tell them Wednesday, you know what, I'll stay over past my time and give you a chance to get to your family because I know you've got to get out of town and drive and get there for, for Thanksgiving this year. That generosity, it identifies you as being, wow, there's something different about that person. It's when you open the door. It's when you go to work tomorrow and you walk by the cubicle where where Mrs. Pitbull works, okay? Yeah, yeah. And, and usually you have the mace, you know, you know. 
and you, you smile and you, and you give kindness. And she's abrupt. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. God's blessed you. And it flows out generously in your attitude and your disposition. And you just, you have that generous life. You know what people say? There's something different about us as believers. Jesus just keeps showing up. Can I give you an example of that right here at Westover? As a, as a church, how we're seeking to be generous. We had a church cafe. We had coffee, muffins, and different things you can get. And it was nice to have it just as a convenience for you to get something on the way here. But a few months back, we began to discuss, what if we took the church cafe and made it a cafe with a cause? Yeah, we told you about that. It's now a cafe with a cause. We've expanded the menu items to say, and everything that comes in, all the profit from the cafe, we're going to give to the orphanage in Haiti to feed children. So our, 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 our motto now is, every cup of coffee defends an orphan. Every time you buy a muffin in that cafe, guess what? You're putting a... a a plate of food in front of, a, of an orphan in, in Haiti. I've been to that orphanage. I, 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 was, I was there when they, they scooped up this little girl who can speak any language, English, Haitian, can't speak any language at all. They found her living in a den with animals. They don't know where she came from. She grew up with animals, and the only communication she can give is animal sounds. And they've rescued her, and now she has a plate of food in front of her where she was eating the, what the animals drug in and was eating the same things the animals were eating. This little girl is going to have a life. She hasn't learned to talk yet, but she will. That's what you're doing for every cup of coffee. And that was our whole purpose is we're going to give it away. We're going to be generous. God has blessed us. God has, God has poured into our church, and we need to pour out to those who are the most needy. Our sports complex. Our sports complex. People have asked me, Pastor, the sports complex. Even other pastors and people will ask me, uh, is, is that going to be a money generator for the church? Or are you going to rent it out and, and get league fees and make it a profit margin? I said, no. It'll never pay for itself. It'll never break even. We don't do it to make money. We are spending all that on the sports complex and then we're going to give it away to the community and we want youth that we don't want them to be able to turn away because their single mom or their single dad cannot afford a, a team registration that we we don't want them left out we god has reached our kids god's touched our kids we're going to go outside of this church and there's going to be a middle school student and a high school student whose parents don't come to this church who's probably not interested in hearing a sermon but they want to play sports they want to play soccer they want to play softball they want to play basketball and we're going to make a connection with them and they're going to hear you mean all i got to do is sign up and you'll even give me a t-shirt sure come along they're going to meet another teenager they're going to meet a youth pastor god's going to change their life god's going to rewrite their story god's going to touch them we're going to give it away why because god has blessed us and blessing is god flowing into this church and generosity is god flowing out of this church that's why we do it we want to be able to touch others and god tells us verse number eight i'm going to bless you abundantly verse 11 so that on every occasion in every situation, 
you can be generous. Denise and I practice this. Let me, let me tell you our philosophy. If we're going to go out and buy a, a $100 item and we, we need a $100 whatever and we find out that there's a 25% off sale and our $100 item is $25 off, here's what Denise and I say. Then there's a $25 blessing somewhere God wants us to give into. Now, I've got to find out. I don't know what it is. Is it the orphanage to feed it? Is it, is, is it to the sports complex? Maybe I'm going to help pay a kid's way to camp this year. Maybe it's going to be a single mom at Christmas. We, we just look at it. Every time there's extra, we just say, God's telling us there is a gift. There's something that we can be generous and give into. Literally, every $25 discount, we say, God, guess what? We're, we need to be generous. I have been out at restaurants before, and we've been eating there, and the waitress will come up and say, I want you to know there was somebody, it's a church member, paid for our lunch. Sometimes we don't even know it. We don't know who it was. They saw us across the restaurant, and they... they, they uh, paid for uh, my, my salad and the three pounds of ribs Denise got. And, and, wow, wow, wow. But you know what we do? Then guess what? There's something we're supposed to give into. God blessed us abundantly. And now what we do is we figure out, God, there's somebody. There's somebody. Is it a bag of groceries? Is it, a, is it an offering for the kids' ministry? We always look for a way to give. God blesses us abundantly so we can be generous on every occasion. It's one of God's principles. Principle number four. It's in Scripture. Generosity. Generosity is an action in the present with faith in the future. Capture that. It's something you do now that looks and anticipates something else God's going to do or open in the future. It's found in verse number 13. Look at this. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, present tense, the service by which you prove your generosity, by which you proved yourself in the presence, look at the next phrase, it's a future tense, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with him and everyone else. There it is. There it is. Generosity is something I do now in the present. It's an action. It's something I do, but it anticipates something in the future. Yeah. Can I tell you? Some of you are in a job and you don't like your job. You don't like your career. And because of that, you're giving minimum wage productivity. And, and I, I, I want to I challenge you. I want you to capture generosity. Don't do that anymore. I want you to go to work next week. And I want you to work and I want you to be on time. I want you to be prudent. I want you to have the right attitude at that service counter, whether you're stalking or whether you're waiting or you're online and you're doing computer program data, whatever you're, you do the best job, even though you say, I'm not staying. 
It's generosity is something you do in the present. It anticipates the future. I'll tell you what will happen. There's somebody you work with that will be working for another company later on. And they're going to remember you. And there's going to be a higher position and a higher paid uh, job. They're going to remember your name. They're going to look you up. And your phone is going to ring one of these days. Or you're going to get an email. Hey, we have this managerial position. And I remember when you were there and what you did. And I noticed something about you. And you're going to be promoted up the ladder exponentially. Why? Because you were generous. It's generosity is something you do in the present that anticipates a future. That's, there it is. It's in God's Word. The service you have proved yourself will result in the praise of God. Later on, you're going to say, Oh, God, thank you for this opportunity. And it was your generosity in a previous season. Yes. In the church, let me bring it down practically. I've noticed there are three levels of people that give in church offerings, tithers and people that give offerings. Fan, friend, family. A fan. Do you know a fan goes to a ball game and a fan cheers when they're winning. Yeah. But if, if a team is not winning and a team is not succeeding, the bleachers begin to empty out. Yeah. They only cheer when they see what they want. There are people who, that's their giving in the church. They only give if they see what they want. They only give to the church if, if something helps them or something... Uh, is reciprocated to them. I only give to things that I get something out of. They're fan givers at the church. Then they're friend givers. A friend is the person when they buy two donuts, they say, hi, I bought two donuts. I don't want this one. Do you want the extra? They're the person they buy new furniture for the living room. They have a lamp they don't need anymore. Hey, we got an extra lamp. Do you want it? Friends give from their surplus. Fans only give when they get something out of it. Friends give from their surplus. If I've got extra, I'll give it. That's a friend giver. But there's a family giver. Family givers are, are generous. You see, if somebody's in your family, you're, they're the person you're calling and saying, where are you at for Thanksgiving? And if they can't get out, you take Thanksgiving dinner to them or you go over to their house and share it with them. If they don't have a bed, you give them yours or you go buy them one because they do it out of love. They don't have to be asked. They just respond. Family just does above and beyond because they're family. And I've noticed in the church, they're fan givers. I only give to things that I like going on. They're, they're friends. I give out of my surplus, but they're family givers they're going to say i'll give because i love my church and i love what god is doing i'm going to invite you to experience god's generosity there are four action steps four action steps to generosity number one pray pray that god will give you a generous heart yeah yeah because generosity doesn't come from a checkbook and it doesn't come from spare change, spare time, spare energy. 
It comes from the heart. Pray that God will give you a generous heart. There is somebody at work tomorrow you need to be generous in kindness to. You don't like them. You're convinced they don't like you. That doesn't matter. Be Jesus. Pray that God will give you a generous heart. Number two, action step of generosity. When your heart is stirred for generosity, respond immediately and always do a little extra. When you're walking in the workplace and it thinks about it, say, well, let me, let me think. I, no, you know, why should I? Why should I? Have you ever talked yourself out of something that God put on your heart? Did, 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 did God ever talk to you about reaching out or, or doing something for something? Oh, no, I, that, I don't want to be forward. I don't want to be rude. And you talk yourself, you've talked yourself out of a blessing. Yeah. If God puts it on your heart for generosity, word or deed, do it immediately and always do more than what you immediately think about. That's generosity. Number three action step, do not give to get. Don't be nice today and remind them three weeks from now. I was nice to you one time. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't give to get. And number four, give and be thankful for the privilege of giving. Now this is Jesus. Yeah. You don't have your hand out. You have your heart open. Give. Be generous. And then thank God for the privilege of giving. That is generosity. And as we go into this Thanksgiving week, I, I want to I wanna encourage you. You may be with friends or somebody that maybe they're not people of faith and they don't pray a word of grace, thanksgiving over their meal. Would you, would you ask them for the privilege to pray? Don't let the thanksgiving meal be eaten without giving thanks. Just set that in your heart. Do not let the day be controlled because your team did not win. Do not let a score determine on how good Thanksgiving is. Be generous. Be generous in your heart. Pause and thank God for all that He's done, all that He's doing, all that He's deposited in your life, in word and deed. Single mom, it may be less than what you think. May, may, maybe the kids are going to be with the, the other parent. And, and, and that's, that's a... That's a a loneliness and an ache for you, but be thankful. Turn it around. Don't go into Thanksgiving and think about what you don't have. Appreciate and be grateful for what you do have. And with that in mind, I'm going to invite the ushering team and we're going to give unto the Lord. Unto the Lord generously. God rewards generosity. Generosity comes from the heart. God brings blessing in order uh, that generosity can flow out of our heart. And it's something you can do now. So let's give generously unto the Lord. If you're giving check or cash, please place it in the contribution envelope. Have online giving and text to give. But I'm going to invite you. Whatever you do, let it be from your heart. Let it be with a cheerful spirit of all that God has done. And and for some that may be fan or friend givers at Westover, could I lovingly invite you 
could I lovingly invite you to be a family giver? Could I lovingly invite you to tithe and partner with us in what we're doing for the Lord here? Let's pray. Father, how good you are. Your word says you bless us abundantly. And I must say that has been, that has been my experience. I agree with the psalmist when he said, my boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. God, you blessed Denise and I with four grandkids that we dearly love. Wow. There have been thousands of smiles that have come to our heart because of those grandkids. That's a, that's a payday, God. I, I don't even know how to return that. Lord, you've blessed Denise and I with a loving church that treats us better than we deserve. Wow. They, they just, they pour in their life. They, they respect us and love us and, and just have included us in their family. God, I have people in this room that are closer to us than family. We are truly, our boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. You have been so, so good to us. And God, Denise and I want to be generous. We never want to take that for granted. We don't want to live a life of a consumer, but a life of a generous, lavish giver. Thank you, God. Thank you for the families that we have helped, that we've given some gift cards to that we knew that they needed help during the Thanksgiving season. We thank you for the privilege of letting us bless them. Bless this great church. Bless the cafe as we have turned it over to feeding orphans. Bless our sports ministry as we have said, God, we'll give it away. We'll invest in it so, so others, others can be reached. Others can be touched. That's our purpose. And Father, thank you for many that are coming to Westover. And their hearts are connecting with us. They're feeling something in their spirit that this is to be their church home. This is to be their family. And I invite them, God, to partner with us in family giving. Giving from their heart lovingly, generously. Giving their, their time giving their support, giving their prayer, giving their kindness. And Lord, I thank you for enlarging Westover Hills through them. And we feel a responsibility to them, Lord. We can't just take their giving and be consumers as a church. We have to in turn invest in them. And God, give this pastor and give this church the grace and the understanding to do that well. And I ask that in Jesus' name, amen.